I just, whenever we come together, I'm so sorry. I'm, it's like I've just been swimming. Like, I just, I, it's actually disgusting. And I'm really sorry uh, that it, it's like, yeah, there you go. Like, the healthy, healthy glow. That's it. Okay, cool. Um, ah, I just always get undone when we worship together, you know? Um, when we praise the King of Kings. Uh, the one who gives us life, the one who is our truth, the one who is our foundation, the one who saved our soul, the one who gives us grace we don't deserve and um, piles goodness on uh, to us and leads us through the valley of the shadow of death with his comfort and with his strength, the one who is perfect and so knows how to grow us and parent us and correct us and encourage us, the one who is the breath in our lungs, the one who is the spirit of life inside of us, the one who is our savior who took on human form, um, didn't just stay in lofty heights of heaven, but chose to take the weight of our wickedness and selfishness and pride so that we could choose a better way, a truer way, a more life flowing way, a more peaceful way, a more joyful way. And then we count it a joy to, to take up our cross and follow Jesus because it's been revealed to us how good he really is. So I'm like, I don't want to do things my way because I've been shown a better way. Anybody in the room that have, has been shown a better way, right? Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> Sometimes we forget <laughs> if you're like me, sometimes you, I forget that uh, he has shown us a better way. Not an easier way, amen, but a better way, <laughs> a better way. Um, I just have to kind of switch my head out of like where we were until where we're going. Um, I'm so excited to be with you guys. Uh, I'm Elijah, if you don't know me, and I'm one of the crew here. Uh, at Unite, and I know there are friends and family here. I just always like to ex extra special welcome those of you who um, either someone said, oh, we're going to church, and you didn't get a choice, or you thought you'd just check it out. Um, obviously, every time you meet a Christian, you go going to church, but, but coming to a service where we focus in on fellowship, on uh, the Word of God, on worshiping His name above all other names. So if you're here and that's like foreign to you, or maybe you've come from a, some scenarios where that's been uh, a little bit either boring or not nice or whatever, I just say welcome in and um, feel free to be yourself in this moment. Just join where you want to join, not join where you want to join. You're free to do that. Um, you're, we, we will love you regardless because that's the love of God. He loves us regardless. He doesn't wait for us to change because he knows we can't. So he loves us. And so we do too. And we're believing for something incredible for your life and for our lives. I've, I've had these crazy, like, moments in the Word and with, uh, with great people in the last couple of weeks, and it's, there's so much stuff going on in my little head. Um, it's, it's quite, it's, I have to restrain myself. But, but I want to talk from Galatians 5, verses 13. Um, oh, yeah, I'll do this from here. Thank you very much. Incredible. Walk by the Spirit. I want to talk about walking by the Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us to keep in step with the Spirit. That Galatians 5 says you are alive in the Spirit, now keep in step with the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. So I want to talk about that. I want to unpack that. As I do, what I'm believing for is that there's a whole lot of things that I'll say that, that you just let pass by, but I'm praying the Holy Spirit would speak to you. 
So as we're having this time, and as you're kind of there, and I'm here, and we're doing this together, that the Holy Spirit will be the one that we tune ourselves into. So my prayer right now is that every soul here, every life here, that God, you value beyond any value we could put anywhere, you just love us, and you have worth for us, and you always speak good over us, that you would be speaking something specific to our hearts, out of the Word, into our lives, and that we would catch that. Not the three points, or not, you know, in, in the midst of all the dialogue, there would be a heavenly moment. In Jesus' name, amen. And I believe there is one for all of us. Could I read through Galatians 5, 13 to 26 with you? It'd be fantastic. I always never really come over to the side, so it's good to be here. It's good to see you, Elizabeth. It's awesome, very good. You, we're going to start at 13. So start over here, because we have friends on all sides of the building. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I mean, we could just stop there. Um, I'm just going to read it again. Oh, just, God's been really talking to me about this, eh? And convicting me and challenging me. And isn't, isn't God gentle? Because he isn't just kind of blame. He does blame my things with me, but he takes us on this journey. So we look back and go, ha, huh, I think differently now. Like, God, you're taking me on this journey where you're, you're breaking through things and you're actually opening up new thoughts. So the, the, my thing is, what does it mean for the church to truly be devoted to the church? Uh, which is so much of these passages is, is talking straight. Like this one that is talking to brothers and sisters. So if you um, would say, I'm not in Jesus, I'm not in Christ, I'm not a believer of Christ, then, then this passage is not for you. But if you want to be, you can be. So, <laughs> You can be. So it's, um, but, but the verse is talking to those who are the body of Christ. So you, you could ignore this if you wanted to, but uh, you know, we pay attention because we are the brothers and sisters of Christ and we want to see what God wants to say to us. Here we go. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another and hum- another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. And many of us know this. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, and yet again it's talking about how the church, the fellowship of believers, treat each other. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the, for the flesh desires what is contra, contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Have you experienced that? The conflict inside of you? The conflict of flesh versus Spirit? The conflict of what you feel God's stirring you? And I'm talking to those that, that are alive in Christ, and sometimes we forget we're alive in Christ, but I want to remind you, to remember that you're alive in Christ. We, <laughs> I want to do this, I want to do this, but God's calling me to this. And, the, and the, they're at odds with each other. Is that the right way of saying that? At, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, 
idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Whenever I look in the Bible and see these things about fits of rage and like, I'm like, ah, for, for those of us that are just quite naturally very passionate people, it's like you're just already screwed by the time you get there. <sighs> I could tell you the story of um, uh, the, the poo explosion we had at our house the other day and the way I didn't handle it very well. And one of my children taught me a lesson, uh, but we won't get into that. Um, ambition, selfish ambition rather, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, other versions say those who practice this, it's not just a one-time thing, it's an over and over, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which if I can remember and remind me if I'm wrong, it's like an endurance under pressure to forbear. You bear under something, it's like a, but it's like a patience that is like a bearing with patience. You're not just waiting, right? There's a, there, but anyway, I just can't remember. I remember looking at it. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, all of them are crazy, but the last two really get me. (laughs) Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. Conceited, I actually looked it up again because I always forget the meaning of that word as well. Self-important. It's arrogance. It's a pride. I'm better than you. That's what conceited people think. I'm a better Christian. I'm a better whatever, whatever. You're worse, I'm better. That's what conceited is. So do not become like that, provoking and envying each other. Now this passage is not talking to Unbelievers. It's not talking to people that aren't, wouldn't call themselves the church. There's a whole dialogue we could have that would last all our eternity on what the church is. So we'll just take a step over that. Um, I always consider, uh, like you may have as well, and I think I've said this before, the, the Panini-likeness of theology. So like a Panini folds in on itself. In theology, there's all these principles and and commands and, and dialogue, rhetoric, and it just folds in on itself. And you, that's why you can't live by a principle of God. You have to live in relationship to the person of God. Now, he has principles that help us know who he is. But one principle doesn't actually just take us through all seasons. Have you ever realized that? If we just follow A, B to C, we're going to get D, sweet, that's my Christian life, sorted. I mean, you know, the big puppy is the wrath of God and the love of God. and You know, just the paradoxes of how we see God play out. So it's always an interesting thing when you read the Bible. It's always a nice surprise. Um, <laughs> as we open up the Word every day and go, man, what, is, what does God have for me now? The tension of spirit versus flesh. So I want to talk about that for a second. 
I don't know, like I was thinking of a story of, of, of a moment where like me and my family like to go on walks. So you're walking together. And actually, even if I don't want to go on walks, you're always constantly going somewhere. So we go to the supermarket. We're going to a, a cafe. We like cafes because I'm a millennial. Um, and, and so we, we like these, we have these moments with our families. I was thinking of one of the moments, but it happens every single time. So I couldn't narrow it down where, where you're trying to go in a direction and your kid decides to go off in the other direction. So any parent's going to go, yeah, I get that. I actually remember as a kid having a nightmare because I was the youngest with the littlest legs. And I remember, I was always quite a complainer, I think, as well. And so mom and dad would just be steaming ahead with the other three kids. And I'd be like, I probably wasn't listening. Let's be honest. I don't remember that, though. I just remember them being like 20 minutes down the road and going, Elijah. And I was like, but my legs are so, my undies are running up. And can you hold me? And they're like, you're 10. You know, <laughs> And so I remember, I remember having this recurring nightmare. Some psychologists tell me what it means. And I, my family would be going, walking, and I would be stuck in mud, and I couldn't move. And they would be, and I'd be like, guys, mom, dad, and they wouldn't turn around or anything. And I was just like, there was another dream that there was this clown. No, uh, and so, but I do hate clowns. Uh, and there's these moments constantly. I'm just like, even the other day. Now, obviously, there is a time where, yes, we go and smell the roses. <laughs> but sometimes we just need to get to the supermarket <laughs> to get the bread. And also, I want to protect them from, like, not getting hit by a car, you know? All those nice things, like being a parent. And so, like, they refuse to hold my hand. Oh, well, I have to go on the footpath. You don't have to hold my hand on the footpath. Across the road, you're holding my hand. And constantly with my children, they're always veering off. Foxy likes to do it. And then he'll see me, watch him, and I'll go, Foxy, come back. He'll look at me and smile and run as fast as he can in the other direction. I'm sure I wasn't like that at all. Um, so these moments, and I feel like it's like this with God. It's like God's going in a direction. He's saying, come on, come on. We, we get distracted. We're like, oh, it's this, this. Or we're just in our own world. So I don't mean to paint children as, you know, our bad habits. So don't take that metaphor that far, but definitely in my own life, I'm distracted by uh, things that I want to do, things that would fulfill me, things that would give me pleasure, things that would be nice for me. I'd like that, you know, things that, that will alleviate pain. And so I'm looking around and then God's like, no, 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 here's the path we're on. And many times when that happens and we recognize oh, I'm going the wrong way in a relationship with God, sometimes what is the worst part is we have guilt about it and then don't connect to him. I'm so bad, I'm so bad. You go, no, 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 no. I just want to redirect your path. It's not always a 360 turn. Sometimes it's just a redirection of the path. And so we go, oh, yeah, sorry, God. We humble ourselves. We go, oh, yeah, that's right. This is the direction we're going. Because sometimes we get caught up in the mess. Oh, I'm just this, and I'm just that, and it's all, I'm the worst. And God's like, you're doing it again. That's just another form of pride. Pity is pride. Self-loathing is pride. And I also think, just, just for a freebie, I think it's a pretty dangerous sin to be self-loathing and self-hating because God created us and he designed us. So we've got to be careful what we speak about things that God has made. He didn't make the sin, but he does want to separate us from it. And so there's this battle going on, this constant redirection. If you're like me, it's like the, the challenge of knowing where are the battle lines sometimes. What am, okay, I feel messed up. What am I standing for and what am I standing against? 
For the flesh desires, and we'll read this again, what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. We feel this conflict. We feel this in our thoughts. We feel this in our decisions. We feel this in our interactions. We for sure notice it when we look at the world and we see the news and we talk to people. The conflict. In many ways, the alleviation of the tension, and maybe that's not the best word. Maybe it's just the ability to withstand the tension is peace. We desire peace. The ability to withstand under incredible tension. In Psalm 23, and it's definitely one of my favorites, that he makes us lie down. Dad shed on that last week as well. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He gives us alleviation. He gives us an ability to withstand. He gives us a break. Peace. Peace doesn't escape tension. Peace withstands and endures. We all want and desire peace. I've never met someone that doesn't want peace in their life. But peace is won and made. It is not the default of our hearts and minds. There's a difference between peacemakers and peacekeepers in the way that we see it. I just keep the peace. I just keep the peace. I won't say anything. Maybe I should. Oh, no, I won't. I'll keep the peace. Peacekeepers, it's peace. Sorry, I got confused. Peacekeepers, it looks nice on the outside. I'm keeping the peace. I'm, I'm withdrawing. But what we do is we withdraw from relationship. And we live in a delusional world where we think tension doesn't exist. So peace doesn't take you out of tension. And if we kind of go, I want peace and I don't want tension. So we keep the peace. I'll just let it happen. And you and I all, you and I all, that's not good English. We know, right, right? We know that that doesn't last. I want anything. I want to, and it just enables really crappy behavior from you and from me. It's just like, oh, this is getting worse. And I just let it lie and let it lie. I'm not saying that we should confront everything that comes up. I am saying we should have a wisdom that causes us from God, that causes us to be peacemakers. The difference between keeping it and making it is one is maintaining, the other one is creating. So you can maintain what is, or you can bring something into the mix that was not once there. And peacemakers, I'm confusing myself as I think through the words, peacemakers do that. They make peace. Now you, we all know that peace doesn't come from our ability to be good at making peace. It comes from our ability to be connected to Jesus, which is not our ability at all. It's His ability and desire to be with us, our response to that. And then with Christ in me and me in Him, I can make peace because I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. And a child of God has the Spirit of God living inside them, which means that when I walk into a place, peace walks in. So even by just being there, because this is not a conversation on how to have that conversation. Because so much stuff, I think, in, in, the, in the Word, or particularly in how we, I've seen preachers and speakers, it's, it's like, I'm not going to get the word prescriptive, right? Prescriptive, like, here's what you should do. When every community is different. Have you been disappointed where you got a thing that said, here's what you should do, and then you tried it and it didn't work because that person wasn't the person that they were talking to? It's different. It's unique. So when someone says, well, here's what I do in my marriage. Yeah, cool, maybe helpful, maybe not, but I've got a different marriage. 
So we can still help each other. We can still talk. But we've got to have a wisdom that comes straight from the throne room. It doesn't mean it won't come through the mouth of the believers. It doesn't mean it won't come through conversations. But there's something about knowing that the wisdom comes from God. So let the other things fall away and let his wisdom give me the ability to be a peacemaker. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers initiate peace. Peacekeepers keep the status quo. Why am I talking so much about peace? Because when we talk tension, we've got to have a conversation on peace. When we talk flesh versus spirit, we've got to have a conversation on peace. Ephesians 6, 11 to 12 says this, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, and if you're like me, you have to be reminded from this passage like constantly, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. C.S. Lewis has kind of coined it that as Christians, we're kind of like secret agents. And I feel like that. Like we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world, which is a whole nother discussion. And it's like secret agents because the world is under, it just says there, the powers of darkness. But we hold the power of light, the true kingship, the true lordship. It's exciting knowing that God is sovereign and will work out his plan. But it's frustrating knowing that it's not happening. It doesn't always look like it's happening the way that we would like it or need it. And so our bodies feel sometimes torn apart. Our decisions feel torn apart because we have this flesh versus spirit. But it's not just attention. We don't just, the, the message isn't just, there's attention, bye. You know, like... How do, we, how do we make peace? I want to I talk to the second point, which is quite simple. If I hadn't gotten to the first one, there's the second one. There you go. In Christ, flesh is crucified. So we see this tension. We see it in ourselves. We see it in the world at large, and we see it in relationships. So I, the first place to start, right, if we want to love our neighbor as ourselves, is ourselves. So before I start raging on about the conflict I see in the world, it's not that I shouldn't do any of that, but it's that I start with the conflict in me. And I go to God there. We address the battle in ourselves. I have to address the battle in me, Elijah. And I believe it's fairly accurate to say the answer here is humility. Because it's Humility that seeks God and sees God. Proverbs 3.34, which is quoted in James and Peter, though he scoffs at the scoffers, this is the amplified version, and scorns at the scorners, yet he gives grace, his undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. Self-importance can look like arrogance. It can look like confidence. It can also look like, poor me, hasn't gone well right now. It's really hard right now. It can, it can masquerade as a victim of our circumstance when we start treating God like a fatalistic God. Whatever wills, whatever God wills, I don't really need to be connected personally to him because he'll just do anything anyway. And I don't really, whatever, God's doing his thing and whatever I get, I get. I remember when I got mugged when I was 17 
and I got my, the, the, the kind of a group of muggers, and one of them broke my cheekbone. And I remember walking home and just like, I was just so shocked that this would happen to me because I was a Christian. That was my first thought. I'm a child of God. I knew it. This shouldn't happen to me. This should happen to bad people. It was like, honestly, that's what I was thinking, or like non-Christians, because God said he'd look after me. Pretty lousy job. That's what I felt at the moment. I felt this is the lousy. And I remember that verse, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And even in the midst of that moment, but it wasn't like, oh, whatever God wills. (laughs) It was, man, I just had to lean into God. And it was incredible for me, and I don't know about you, but I've found the grace of God has almost been manifest the most in my life. It's the only way I can describe it, in times where I've least deserved it. The times in my life where I've felt the least, I'm a good Christian. Hey, look, I'm a look at me, do Christian things, you know. But the times I'm like, oh, I'm really, like, if, if this is who you love, God, I don't even love me right now, you know, like, just the grace of God. So if you're in that place right now, or you're in that place in your life, you feel like you're in a rut like that, or you're just stuck. I've heard many people say, I just, I'm just far, I'm just far from God. And I'm talking about believers. And my answer is then get close. I know it's like, it's not that easy, but it also is. I think most of the time, sometimes, oh, I don't know how sure I want to say this comment. Sometimes the I can't is a I want. I just can't do it. I can't connect. I can't do that. No, you won't. And the difference is pride or humility. I just can't. I just can't. No, no, you won't. There's something in you that has said, I will not. And it's pride. It's self-important. Self-important doesn't always mean good thoughts of yourself. It could be bad thoughts of yourself. If you think about yourself a lot, you're self-important. If you think you're a jerk all the time, you're self-important. If you think you're amazing all the time, you're self-important. Self-importance is how much you think about yourself. If you're always praying prayers for things for yourself, self-important. And if I am too. If I'm always just wanting things from God, self-important. It's not that we don't pray prayers of asking. It's not that we don't have thoughts of ourselves, but there's something about humility that looks off ourselves and onto God. And there's something about that process that as soon as you look onto God, you begin to look onto others with grace and compassion. Like, oh, I just want to help and I just want to be a part. And oh, you could have life. And there's something about the independent Christian in the Western world right? That really needs to leave us, church. And we all need to repent from it. Here's, like, there's a difference between boundaries, which, which is actually really more about your yes than your no, to be honest. Boundaries are saying, I have a strong yes, and because of that yes, the no's fall into place. Sometimes I need to define them clearly, but the yes goes before the no. When I said yes to Karen, I said no to all the other girls lining up. And a couple of boys, I think, too. But um, <laughs> but the yes, I didn't, I wasn't going, like, when we get married, I wasn't like, and I say no to Susan, and I say no to, the, I couldn't think of any other names. <laughs> that's the reality of what it was going on. <laughs> I had some more thoughts, but they were more inappropriate, so I stopped them there. Self-control. Um, but the yes, the yes, the yes, the yes. But sometimes what we've then done, and I feel like it's prevalent in Western society, is 
Because the church talks about devoted, and I know I'm not there yet. I'm not saying this is someone that's like, I, I know what it looks like. Look to me. I'm saying God's convicting me of it. And it's a conviction that's kind of like landing. And maybe it's going to take years. I don't, I'm just trusting the process. And I'm saying, come with me. Let's trust the process together. Which is, the process is what it means to be truly devoted to one another. It's not simple. We're never going to land there. We're never going to go, I've got it. Because that's not humility, is it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I can't wait to the day I fully nail that one. No, I'm just going to keep in the process, trusting God to do it, but I'm going to be in the process. And the saddest thing for me is in, in Western Christianity, we sever relationship for anything. I don't agree, sever. You hurt me, sever. It's actually like, we need to repent from that, church, because that like, breaks the heart of God and rips the body of Christ apart. Now, let me be clear, the body of Christ is not just this group. Oh, we're the body and everyone else. No, we're just all a part of the kingdom. The kingdom's far bigger than a name on a sign. Amen? I'm not even sure if God sees that name. He just sees believers. And there can be people in church that don't really want to be in Christ and others outside of the service that their hearts stirred for God. I don't know. That's God's job. All I know is that we are called to be a body, not just random individuals doing our own thing. And I think all of us need to actually ask the question, and I'd love you to actually go away and actually talk amongst yourself this question. Like, I'm, I, I, I can't call us to it. I hope we do have conversations. But the question of, and actually we've made some decisions in our own life that really just make me kind of like a bit afraid and a bit uh, like, oh, my life's going to get harder. And if I didn't make these decisions, it would be easier. And, may, and maybe I've made a mistake. But I know God's called me to a point of saying not just what I want to do with my life, but what he wants to do with it which I think is less about calling and more about church. And I don't, sorry, I keep, that word keeps, it's so misused that I should use another word, body of believers. Sometimes we're so focused on our calling that we forget that actually, let God figure that out and just like get in the body of believers. And I don't mean sit next to them, I mean get in their lives. Because if we're in Christ and Christ is in us, that means we can't be separated. It actually just means like we, we don't get to choose anymore. We made our choice. We chose to be in Christ or not. That was our choice. We don't get to choose who else is in the believers. And so the question of where you fellowship is a question of who's God calling me to. And there's no steps to that. You just got to figure that out in your spirit. And you've been like me, I'm sure, where you've thought, man, the group that God called me to is not always fun and easy. (laughs) Like, it's funny because we're talking about each other. (laughs) So it's probably a little bit insulting, but... I don't like fake church. There are times where I'm like, when we were called to, I guess, step up and in, in, in pastoring, shepherding the flock, I, I hated something in me. It was almost like the fight before the thing. I was just like, oh, I can't stand Nelson. I can't stand this. Oh, it's so aw-. And I just was like depressed and like three months of just like, oh, I hate this place. Like, I don't want to be around these people. They're the worst, you know. I'm not saying the people were the worst, although I'm not saying they weren't. I'm just saying I'm one of those people. You were one of them, and so are me. So let's all praise the Lord. Right hand, left hand. Is there a song about that? So we join together in owning our faults. You know, the, the bride God calls perfect and without spot and wrinkle, and we look around and go, yeah, right. And we black it out of our Bible, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. God's doing a work in us, amen. He's doing a work in the believers, but believers has to be more than I sit next to you at church. I could go on for 20 more minutes on that. Um, but I, w- I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something in us. And this is just me kind of like prodding it. And, and I'm being prodded. 
Flesh is crucified in Christ. Amen. Remember, I love this bit in in Galatians, but I just want to say, remember who you belong to, because some of us have forgotten. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if you find the passions and desires welling up inside of you, remember who you belong to and humbly come to the throne, come to the cross and go through the process again and again and again. And so instead of going, but oh, but you, I've got this and I've got that. The problem, one of the biggest problems I think for us is that when we have this moment of recognizing our shortcomings, we go into this kind of thinking. Oh no, this is just who I am. Sometimes it's defeatist. Oh, well, I'm just a dirty one. Oh, well, I just think this way. I'll never change. If God says that he will save you and sanctify you and, and, and shine out of you, if God says it, your I can't is a I won't for sure. I can't change. You don't know my life. I don't need to. I'm not God. He does, and he promised He made a promise to you. So lean in, because the promise has something you need to do in it. So many promises of God are, I promise this, but you've got to do, you've got to step into it. You've got to give up that. You've got to turn around. Come on. Yet again, if I was dating someone else and then decided to still marry Karen, but keep the dating going, how inappropriate. Repentance is severing the tie. If a thought comes up in my mind, Instead of being super guilty about it, this has gotten super personal, this was just a metaphor, of anything, I just go, I remember who I am. I remember who I belong to. I belong to Christ. I'm the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ, and we belong to Christ. We are not our own. So we don't make choices of what what I think is best. We actually have to understand that everyone in the body, like, sometimes we go, oh, these people have, like, think they have say in your life. Well, they do. We're the body. You have personhood, for sure. But we're called to be close up and personal. Some of the best moments of God for me have been in, in the jarring of relationship. And I promise you that. That's not just a joke. Like, it's the jarring that it feels so uncomfortable and so frustrating and makes me want to punch a million walls. Because <laughs> that's how I deal with my problems. <laughs> and then I've seen God move as I have dropped the shotgun, and humbled myself as I've dropped the spade and humbled myself. If you are in Christ, you belong to Christ. So just get back and step with the Spirit. For some of us, we're still playing the game of I'm still sinful nature. We're still pre-cross. I know that your life may still seem pre-cross. I know that the feelings that you have and things in your life may seem pre-cross, but you decided, you made a decision. That's what the Bible says. So now you're in Christ. Remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. And come to the grace that paid, was paid for by the cross. Remember who you belong to. And don't fall back into your old identity. You don't actually have the option to. Because that is dead. Do you really think you could go back to something that is dead? So when you started off in love with God, remember that. When you started off full of the Spirit, remember that. When you started off feeling like you could do anything because God was in you, remember that. Remember Him and come close and come into the grace that is, so, is paid for by the cross. It's undeserved. That's what I love about grace. 
You know, when people, I, I talk to people and I talk to myself, oh, yeah, but I don't deserve it. Oh, well, that's good because you were never going to and <laughs> neither was I and we're all in the same boat and we all need this grace. And guess what? It's paid for by the cross. It was a heavy toll. It's pretty intense, but you get it freely. So you just have to say, yeah, I want that. What's the difference between a prideful person and a humble person? A prideful person cannot give up thinking about themselves. A humble person gives that up and looks to God. So, finally, in Christ, flesh is crucified. So we've got to remember our identity. If you belong to Christ, you belong to Christ. That's it. End of story. Now we walk that out. <laughs> it's kind of it, guys. So, we, so when things happen, we remember we're veering off course. We're veering off course. Like my little kids. And I'm sure like I did to my parents. Veering off. No, 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 no. Come back. As C.S. Lewis says, and I love this, a drunken walk home is still going in the right direction. But I'm not a very good Christian. Okay, be a bad Christian then. Maybe that's all you've got right now. Maybe that's it right now. That's okay. <laughs> it's not about that. But I like to say that because it's like, oh, what? Like the goal was ever being a good person. Like the goal was ever being a good Christian. We're believing for the fruit of gentleness, self-control, love, peace, forbearance, faithfulness, joy. Those things flow because we trust, because he promised to give them to us. And we trust in him. It's already done. And so we just continue to step in and be in step with. Sorry, not step in. We're already in. We step with. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I love this verse. And this is a verse I'm just praying. Holy Spirit, I just believe this was it. This was the moment that some of you need. And so I just want to say it. So if you need this moment, if, if you feel like you're in a place that you're in enmity with God, is that the right word? You're against Him. You feel like that. You feel distant. You feel far. You feel whatever it is you feel or seem. Or, and that's you right now. James 4, 8 to 10, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. I love, actually really love that mourning your joy to gloom, because I only really want to find my joy in God lifting me up which means I can still find it in a really good, like, burger because I just count it all to God, you know? <laughs> it's all to God. It's all unto God in Christ, you know? Hey, go get the band up. They'd be amazing. So in the midst of this kind of challenging moment, I really hope that you hear the heart of God in this moment that would, like, for some of you, if you feel like it, it's all been challenged and it's just another challenging thought, and I, you know, if... if, if if you feel the way of like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I can't be in step with the Spirit. You look, you know, I, I just want to say to you, thank God for the grace of God that gives freely to undeserved people. And if you're already thinking, I want to, but I can't, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. If you're thinking whatever, then you get to think that. But if you're thinking there going, oh man, but I'm not enough, then you're in a perfect place because you're actually, that's a humble attitude. I want to, God. I want to. I really want to. And maybe you're like this. I feel like initially I don't want to, but I want to want to. 
Like the desire's not there, but there's a desire behind the desire. Does that make sense? For me, it's a lot. Like I don't want to, but I want to want to. Just want to want to then. That's enough. I don't know how God works in the spirit realm. I feel like He'll take any open heart, any ounce of humility. And throughout history, we see these moments of people radically changed. And we would never, we would have counted them out. I would have counted them out. No way. And God hasn't counted them out. So if He can not count out a criminal and not count out a liar and not count out a thief and not count out an adulterer, if He can not count out someone who is at the end of their road, then He won't count out you. And He's got hope for you and He's got grace for you. And He says, I'm closer than you think. The come near to God and He will come near to you is not make the first step. Hear hear the context. He has made the first step. He made the first step when He made you and His heart for you was ginormous. It was incredible. It was beautiful. He continued making, initiating steps with the law and then fulfillment of the law on the cross. He made step after step to say, I'm closer than you think. When Paul was talking to the people in Athens, he said, in Him we move and breathe and have our being. He's closer than you think. Early on when he was talking to other people that didn't know God, uh, he said, Uh, by God you get the rain for your harvest by God you get the joy in your hearts he was talking to unbelievers God is closer than you think and if he won't count out someone who is at the end of their road then he won't count out you it does not matter what you've done and where you're going I I just I want to read that again because God is making the first step but he's actually saying there's something for us to do here and it's not a performance thing it's not a religious thing it's just a heart thing he's kind of saying are you in this with me You can't have a relationship where someone doesn't want it. It's not a relationship. He's like, I'm here. Are you here? It's like God's like this. He's like this. He's just waiting for that. I'm here. Actually, I feel like he'd just be like this. No, keep your hand down. He's just like this. He's like this. And what you need to do if you want it is just keep your hand out. Boom, that's all you need. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. What happens in response to a humble heart? Humility is not thinking we're rotten. That's just pride, actually. If you hate yourself, you're in pride, and you need to repent. What you don't need... Like the beginning of healing for you and I is repentance. What is repentance? Letting go of that and choosing God. And you can make a move right now where you let go of it, even if you still think it. I'm thinking all this stuff. How can I let go of it? Just make a decision. You could even just say in your head right now, I let go of it. I let go of my thoughts for myself and I choose Christ's thoughts for me. That's the beginning of the journey for you. It could just be the beginning of the conversation for you. Humble yourself before the Lord He will lift you up. Life, love, peace, joy. God doesn't want to keep you small. He doesn't want to keep you a baby. He doesn't want to keep you an infant. He wants to grow you up into an adult of Christ, a son, a daughter of Christ. So here we go. Real quickly, if you're not in Christ, here's what I want you to do. Consider walking away from a life based off of your own ability to make it. 
and choose to believe in Jesus and choose to be in Christ. If your heart wants it, it's not always about saying the right words. It's something God's doing already. And if you are in Christ, come near to God. Wherever you are and whatever season and whatever scenario that you could give, whatever reason or justification that you could put in your mind, if you're in Christ right now in this room, make a choice with me before God as His body to come near to Him. And He will be near to us. Let's collectively humble ourselves and He will lift us up. Let's explore that. Let's talk about it. Tomorrow morning when you wake up with your kids, talk about it. When you're there in line and bed with your wife, talk about it. Your husband, you talk about it. Having a coffee with a friend, talk about it. Got a workmate. See a church member on the street, talk about it. Hey, how are we humbling ourselves today, guys? We're coming near to God. We're allowing Him to lift us up. Bring out the teacher in us, the doctor in us, the mother in us, the father in us, the builder in us. God, you can do it. And remember, this is not about a sprint. This is an encouragement for a marathon. Two weeks ago, I ran 18K, started running more and more, longer and longer, mainly because my brother's doing it, so I'm competing with him. <laughs> Competition's not always bad. It's good. And I ran 18K, and I thought it's a very different run when you want to run 18K than if you want to sprint 100 meters. And I shouldn't be talking about this. We've got Bex up here. She'll, she'll tell you about her 80K runs uh, that you, you know, do every week. <laughs> it's a very different run. The Christian journey is the long run. I'm sorry to say. And I've seen sprinters in Christ. They're not really in Christ. It doesn't last. You are not that. None of you are that. Your marathon run is for Jesus. Come near again. Come back in alignment. Humble yourself again. Let him lift you up. Amen. What I want to do is I want to give a moment for someone to respond or re-respond or just have a moment to go, yeah, I give my heart to God again. And um, in this moment, I just know God wants to do something. And I, I want to encourage you after that to fill that card out, connect card. And we want to get a hold of you as best as we can and, and go, where does this journey go from here? Um, we really do. So um, why don't we close our eyes? And if, and if you're in this place, so what's going to happen is while your eyes are closed, I'll just talk you through it. You're going to respond by lifting up your hand. Just, just a physical way of saying, here's where my heart's at. I want to respond to Jesus. I'm not in Christ. I want to be. Or I feel far and I don't know what else to do, so I'm responding. We're going to pray a prayer. As we pray, the Holy Spirit's going to move and fill us up. And now there are going to be a couple of people down the back that are our care team. And they've got little cards. Just, and they'll see your hand up. They'll just come and give it to you. Say, hey, if you want to fill this out, that's cool. If not, that's cool. And they'll be really respectful and intuitive. So if you don't want a conversation, they'll walk away and you do, they'll be there to answer any questions. So um, if that's you right now and you feel, you, in, if you know you're not in Christ or you just feel far and you need that prayer, why don't you just raise your hand? Say, yeah, that's me. Would you pray for me? See the hand in the middle. See that man on the, hand on the side there. I say this to encourage all of us because in your midst there are people that are responding to God and it's a miracle. Supernatural. Anymore that are saying, that's me. I don't want to live another day. Without saying, yeah, I want to be in Christ. Even if it's just a reconfirmation, I want to be in Christ. This is your moment. Awesome, you can put your hand down. Put your hand down there. Um, why don't you uh, open your eyes and we're going to pray this prayer together. 
So why don't you just pray as I pray. We'll, we'll do it together. Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me and for loving me even when I've gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person. I accept your free gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So good, eh? If we just want to have a moment of, of collectively just, just praying, that'd be cool, eh? Can we pray together? Why don't you stand to your feet if you just want to pray just be, and just begin to pray. So what we're going to do... Um, you can grab some people if you want. You can just grab the person next to you and pray. You can just do it by yourself. You're just going to have just, just a couple of minutes. Um, you can sit down. You, sorry, you don't have to stand. A, you can sit if you want. You can lie on the ground. You can stand. You can grab someone next to you and just pray. Why don't we begin to pray? And just let it be a response to this. God, I come near to you, whatever it is. The Bible says, come near to God and He will draw near to you. Humble yourself before God and He will lift you up. Just have that moment. Maybe just give him your heart again. Maybe just repent. Hey, God, I don't want to be just about myself. Help me, God.